0: Thanks Tom and uh, thank you to uh, Uncle Bob and to Robin Cooper for this first story. So there was a monk and this monk was called Martin and he was a very nervous young man and uh, in the monastery where he was they would uh, do this thing where every day there'd be a service and one of the monks would be chosen to the talk every day and because Martin was so nervous he always found ways to avoid doing it. Oh, I'm just lighting some candles over here, whatever, you know, so he never had to do it. So the abbot spots this, and he says, come on, Martin, it's your, ch- your turn, step up, your time to do this. So, so Martin gets up, and he's really nervous, and he's, like, standing in front of him, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and everything he just thought he was going to say has gone out of his head. And so, so he, says, he says to everyone there, he says, uh, 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 do any of you know what I'm going to say? And they will sort of go, no. And he goes, oh, neither do I. He sort of runs off. And then, and then, so the abbot goes and talks to us. Come on, Martin. I, I, you know, I know you were nervous. That, that you know, come on. You, you, let's try again. Let's try again tomorrow, because you know we know that was really hard. So he gets up and again the nerves are going, to He's just he's got the sweats and he doesn't and he doesn't know what's going on. And 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 he, and he and he stands up and he's so nervous and everything he's thought about goes out of his head again. So he asks them the same question. He says, Do any of you know what I'm going to say? So so they're all now confused because they said no last time and he ran off. So they will go, Well yes, to try and encourage him. He goes, Oh good then, I don't need to tell you. And he sort of runs off again. And and so the abbot come, goes around and goes, come on now, Martin, you know, come on, you can do this. Now, you, you know, let's, let's get a good message, let's get a good message out for everyone, uh, you know. And so he, so he comes up for the third day, and uh, he's up there, and he's still really nervous, and he sweats, and he's like, uh... And yeah, so he asks him the same question. Do you know what I'm going to say? So at this point, they're all confused. You know, what, what do we do? So half of them say yes, and half of them say no and so he goes uh, uh, oh good well uh, uh for those of you who know tell those of you who don't know and runs off again and the abbot goes to him and says well done martin well done martin that was a fantastic message that is exactly what we need to be doing those of you who know tell those of you who don't well, i'm going to be a bit longer than martin this afternoon but we are thinking about that idea Those of you who know, tell those of you who don't. You and read from us from uh, 1 Thessalonians how the, the church there had told others about Jesus. And there's this aspect of the good news about Jesus. There's this aspect of power in the gospel that causes it to multiply, that causes it to go out, that moves it from those of us who know to those of us who don't know. Because it's not just us. So this afternoon we're going to think about that that aspect of power for the gospel. That it's not just us. If you're taking notes today. And then we're looking at this at four headings which will appear up there. Um, and they're taken from uh, what Ewan read and from the passages that, that Tom read us. And what we're going to see, what we're going to notice is. And what I want to try and highlight for you is that there's a pattern there's similarities in these four passages we see the same things happening we see them happening for the same reasons so these are just phrases from those from the from the three passages and then make disciples when we're going to be thinking about what happens with us here at REC so look out for those passages that are and those similarities look out for those similarities of actions those similarities of motivations so Let's go into the first one. The gospel rang out, and that's what it says about the church in Thessalonica. Uh, if you've got your Bibles open, you can you'll see there how uh, the uh, the Lord's message rang out. Uh, let me, Let me read for you the. Let me read for the whole passage again, actually, from verse six. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy, given by the Holy Spirit, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia, in Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has been known. has Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. So let's notice a couple of things. The Lord's message rang out, so the followers of Jesus told people. They proclaimed the gospel, they proclaimed the Lord's message. They told others about this faith that they had, this this faith uh, in who it was and, and what that faith was. The words rang out there as something like a trumpet, like a trumpet sound, like something that's been amplified, something that's been made louder. Uh, it says they were uh, that message was proclaimed to the surrounding regions. You, you may remember a map, something like this, from, from Ian's introduction. You can see there where Thessalonica is, up at the top. Uh, there's a dotted, road, a dotted line across the top, that's a road running east-west that's going all the way really across the map really heading off towards Rome which is off somewhere around where the curtain is on the, on the left of the wall over there uh, but also you can see Macedonia you can see Achaia down there now you can, so th- there's a major highway running across but also where Thessalonica is is a great harbour there's a great harbour for ships going out down that coast going around the Mediterranean so it's a major seaport it's on a big road uh, and and the word goes out from the Thessalonians in all that area that they go and tell people. Even more than that, it's a regional administrative capital. It's a commercial hub. And so they 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 become imitators because uh, they are telling people about the good news, even though they're suffering, even though they're in great suffering, and and that in itself might be attractive to people. Uh, who were suffering things themselves to know that there's great joy, even in suffering, and hearing that from the church in in the Thessalonians. So the the church goes out, uh, the message goes out locally. It goes out regionally, and it goes further afield. Paul says that it's uh, gone out, um, uh, in into the into the into everywhere. That, that's a bit of hyperbole, but it's certainly gone out beyond. Uh, Macedonia and Achaia in fact the sense of, of what Paul says there because Paul says uh, therefore we do not need to say anything about it the, the sense of what he's saying there is we don't need to go and preach the gospel in these areas we don't need to say it because you've already done it because you've already gone there you've already got the word out we can go and preach it somewhere else that's why we don't need to say anything about it uh so the 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 people in Thessalonica, they they proclaimed the word to people locally they proclaimed to people further afield and they prayed they prayed for paul and his team we can see that a bit earlier um and uh even more than that uh just just uh, in the passage from acts um you may rem- you may have spotted the mention where where paul says that um uh, women of uh, some uh, substance had been uh, converted. Now Paul doesn't normally say things like that. He's normally saying Jews are converted and Gentiles converted. So why does he highlight that? He, I think he highlights that because they supported Paul and his team financially, not just in, in prayer. But I think he's mentioning them because that's they. He wants to just give them a big 'em up a bit. You know, you're you've been supporting the team, but. Even more than that, the the Thessalonians' attitude of not just us is reflected in in the fact that some of them joined Paul's team on future trips to to other places. So uh, elsewhere in the book of Acts, we we read about two people, uh, Aristarchus and Secundus, says they're from Thessalonica, and they travel with Paul to Jerusalem. Uh, The same uh, Aristarchus also goes with Paul to Rome. Later on in his ministry. Uh, Jason. You might remember Jason from Ian's introduction to to the series. Uh, Jason also goes with Paul and Silas to Corinth. And then on to Rome. So there's some people in the church. uh, Thessalonica. Who don't just stay in these areas. But go further. Go further afield. Further overseas. So for the Thessalonians, the Thessalonian church, this not-just-us power of the gospel is reflected in the fact they proclaimed it, they told people about it, they went into the region immediately around them, they prayed, some of them went further afield, they supported the teams that were going out. They did these things together as a church. They did them through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can see that there. They did these things to reach others with the gospel. They did these things to reach others not like themselves with the gospel. They did it because of verse 3 there. Their faith and their love and their hope in the gospel. As we heard from Ben last week, they did it because they'd been chosen to be saved by God. This is why they did that, and in all these things. You can see there, it says they imitated Paul and Silas and Timothy, even as they were imitating Jesus. Jesus. an imitator needs an example right now now, those of you who are parents you might have had this experience this you can see with your kids how imitation is such a powerful learning thing have you ever had that thing where you've looked at your kid and you've heard them say something that you normally say or, or there's a look that goes across their face that you've seen in the mirror in yourself uh, or perhaps someone has said to you, you know, the phrase, what's the phrase? Uh, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. Yeah, you know, in terms of your kids are like you. Now that might be a good thing; it might be a bad thing, depending on what they say or what they do. But you can uh, share that experience yourself. But even so, you can see, wow, the the power of of imitation as as a way of of learning, and that's what the Thessalonians did. They imitated what Paul. And Silas and Timothy were doing and what they in turn had learned from Jesus and the apostle, other apostles. So secondly then let's look at Paul and Silas and Timothy. Uh, when he kicked off the, the, the series in Acts 17 he read the part of the passage that Tom read there, let me read it for you again. Uh, Acts 17 when Paul and his companions had passed through and Amphitheus uh, Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women he was proclaiming the gospel and we rightly big up paul as being this huge uh, influence on the early church how he once he'd been saved he spent the rest of his life proclaiming that gospel telling people about jesus uh, all across the roman empire around the mediterranean if there ever was someone who saw the church as not just us surely it was so let's notice a few things from Paul's ministry as we said there the importance he gave to proclaiming the gospel proclaiming the word we saw it there in the Thessalonians passage we saw it there in Acts apparently that's what he always did when he went to a new place was go to the synagogue and tell people about Jesus to proclaim the gospel But we can also read how, how in, in the passage from 1 Thessalonians, how he always prayed for the Thessalonian church and their work. Verse 3. Similar prayers are in, in Paul Paul's letters as he prays for the other churches. Paul was certainly diligent about praying for churches and about the people who had gone out in, in different parts of the world. He wrote to them about his prayers and about his great joy. That he had in those churches. Despite their suffering. Despite his suffering. And that would have been a great great encouragement to them. Those those prayers and hearing about them. Um, But we also know Paul had been sent out by a church. His home church was Antioch. Which is now in Turkey. And they uh, selected Paul and Silas to go out on these missionary journeys. So they were sent by A local church as well as establishing churches but Paul then sends uh, others out to make disciples as part of the the work of their team they they would equip others in those areas to tell people about the good news Uh, he would uh, teach them and he would uh, uh, organize them into local churches he would baptize as Jesus had commanded him to do. They would be uh, sorted into and, and, and organized into churches so they can do this not just us thing together. And Paul would appoint leaders in those churches to help with that process. And as we read from, from the from the from the passage in Acts or as we read in Philippians chapter 4 chapter 4 verse 1 Paul and his team was supported by others as well financially not only in prayers and he does all this whatever letter we're reading of his in the power of the Holy Spirit he does all this with the Holy Spirit so how was the not just us power of the gospel Reflected in Paul's work and in his life. This might sound familiar from a minute ago. He proclaimed the gospel. He told people the good news about Jesus. He went into uh, the region immediately where about where he was, but then travelled further overseas as well. He prayed. He supported other teams as they went and made disciples. And Paul and Silas and his team, that included Timothy, sometimes Luke, sometimes some others, where you can read about, they did this together. They did this together as Christians. They did this through the power of the Holy Spirit. They did these things to reach others with the gospel because it's not just us. They did this to reach others not like themselves with the gospel because it's not just us us they did it because of their faith and their love and their hope in the gospel they did it because they'd been saved they'd been chosen by god before all eternity and in all of this they imitated jesus and his ministry so our third point let's look at what jesus did Tom read it for us there. Uh, chapter, uh, chapter 9 of Matthew, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, doing what? Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers a few asked the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field how did this not just us work appear in the life of jesus let's observe a few things jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom the good news was that the gospel had arrived and he himself was the good news We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, and if we're being honest with ourselves, we all sin every day. Yet here's Jesus. Here's Jesus bringing the good news, the gospel. That's what the word gospel means, good news. The good news, the kingdom of God is being ushered in now, and it's this same Jesus who is ushering it in. And he ushers it in, and shortly after this, he's going to die. He's going to die a terrible death. In our place, in the place of sinners, so that we might have access to an eternal life with him. Who could do that? Who could do such a monumental task as that? Only someone who is God. Only someone who can rise from the dead in order to seal his people to himself. Someone who's been chosen before the beginning of time to do it. It's Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. And despite all his suffering, despite his agony on the cross, he still had great joy in his suffering. The great suffering that must have involved. And he made all those believe in him to follow him his disciples. He made disciples and they made other disciples. And those disciples made other disciples because it's not just us. Jesus prayed for his disciples, those who would follow him, those who would go out into the world. We don't have time to go there, but you can read one of those prayers in John 17. It is a fabulous encouragement to us to know that Jesus prayed for you if you follow him. Jesus was sent. Jesus was sent by God the Father to do his will. You can read that in John chapter 10. He's sent with a specific assignment. Ben was talking about that a couple of weeks ago. To save sinners. He chose it freely. He carried it out perfectly. He completed it when he rose from the dead after three days. But having been sent, Jesus then sent others out. Not to save sinners because Jesus had achieved that already. Once and for all when he died. But he sent others out to make disciples to follow him. To believe in him and to imitate him as best they can, even as Paul and his colleagues did, even as the church in Thessalonica did. After Jesus rose from the dead, he did some specific things to equip his disciples. He opened the words of the Bible up to us, so we might proclaim the gospel and the good news about him. He sent the Holy Spirit to equip his followers with understanding of the word and with spiritual gifts to build up the church. He established the first church and he continues to build up local churches. He appointed leaders to lead them. He gave the churches commands to carry out communion and baptism as churches together. And he assured us that he would be with his disciples with us as we carry out this work and he then commanded us to go and make more disciples using what he equipped us with how was the not just us power of the gospel reflected in the life of jesus he proclaimed the gospel He went into the region immediately around him. He prayed. He equipped his disciples that were going further afield. And he went further afield himself because he died for us. He went to the grave to save us. That's how far afield he went. And he did these things together with his Father. He said, I and the Father are one. He did them with the Holy Spirit. He did these things to save others with the Gospel because he wants everyone. He did these things to reach sinners with the Gospel because he wants everyone. He did them to give us faith in God, to show his great love for us, to give us a certain hope of an eternal life spent with him he did them because he was the chosen one of god in all of this he imitated nobody he, imita- he didn't imitate anybody he didn't have to it's us who have to imitate him do you see some similarities between those three areas you see there's some slimmer similarities between those three things as we went through So what about us? You've heard from Ruth and Graham there and you've heard Denise praying, you've heard Tom reading. See how often those same things came up? Often the same things of, of what Christians do to tell one another, to tell, each other, to tell people about you. Um, how many of the passages that Tom read were in what Ruth and Graham said and what we've talked about here. What about us? Well, Paul says in, back in our passage in 1 Thessalonians. Verse 7. You became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. They are a model to us in exactly the same way. Paul and Silas and Timothy are a model for us. Even as ultimately Jesus is a model for us. We are to make disciples. Tom read Matthew twenty eight Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. When Caleb and James and Nicola were baptized, a couple of weeks ago, Ben told us Jesus' mission statement from Mark chapter 2. This is our mission statement. This is our mission statement direct from Jesus. We don't need focus groups to think what it is. We don't need to reimagine it in some ways. That's it. Make disciples. In the original language, the command from, from the, the, in, in uh, Matthew 28 uh, the, that I just read there, the command is make disciples that's the command he's then sort of got so to speak some sub-commands of other things to do to support that they are go, baptise, teach we need to do those things here at REC how are we doing? how are we doing? can we do more? can we be more effective at what we do? at reaching people our neighbours, our family, our friends people in Rotherham, people in Yorkshire people in the wilder, wild, wider world how can we be imitators of the Thessalonians of Paul, of Jesus now this is not the let me beat you up portion of the sermon REC is already doing this work in different ways Denise Denise prayed about a couple of those things Uh However, the task is unfinished. The task is not yet finished. We're we're growing as a church. We're becoming uh, less fragile. We're able to shoulder perhaps a bit heavier burden. How can we do more? How can we be more effective with what we do? How can we share the joy of making disciples even though that might involve suffering for us? Like the Thessalonians and like Paul and Silas and Timothy, like Jesus, we're on the mission field every day, 24-7. The mission field is right around us. The mission field is in our own homes. It's in our own communities. It's also when we're praying for missionaries, perhaps in Sierra Leone or in Chad. We We are about the work of missions all the time. It's just we might not be conscious of that. If someone knows we're a Christian, trust me, we are being observed all the time. But we need to do that work together as a church, not as Lone Ranger Christians. You can see how the Thessalonians did it together, how Paul did it as part of a team, how Jesus was on mission with his his, uh, disciples and apostles, and we do it in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Like they did. Like they did, we are going to go to others with the gospel. Because it's not just us. Like them, we're going to go to others who are not like us with the gospel. Because it's not just us. We're going to do it because of our faith, because of our love, because of our hope in Jesus we're going to do this because the members of the church here have been chosen and saved by God. Just like the church in Thessalonica, just as Paul and Silas and Timothy. Ian's talked to us about we're going to be having a conversation with the church about how we do this. You've heard from Graham and Ruth, from their experience in this area. We all have valuable experience of this. If for no other reason that we all heard the gospel, somebody brought it to us. Somehow, somewhere, at some time. And this is one of the reasons why we're preaching through 1 Thessalonians at this point. We're, we're getting used to living with COVID. We're lifting our heads over the parapet, perhaps. What can we learn from these Bible passages about telling people about Jesus? There's some suggestions there we've gone through today. How can we learn from each other? How can we better proclaim this gospel to others how can we better support and send others together how can we best pray for not just us yeah how can we encourage and support others to go join us in this conversation let's be about this work of making disciples because the gospel is not just us Let's pray. Heavenly gracious Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us the gospel. Thank you for telling us about your son Jesus. Lord, let us be about the work of telling others. You've commanded us to do it, you've given us a model of how to do it. Lord, It can be very nuanced and there can be all kinds of strategies that we can think about and those are good things. It can also be really simple of just those of you who know, tell those of you who don't. Let us be about that work, Father. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, you would be equipping us with every good work. Lord, that you'll be equipping us in every day, motivating us by our faith in you and our love and our hope in you that we might tell others about you and make disciples. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.